Hey there, welcome back to the Path to Zion podcast where we are rediscovering the ancient way. Thank you so much for joining us. You can always go over to pathtozion.com or, of course, on our YouTube channel and send us an email anytime you would like, pathtozionpodcast at gmail.com. Of course, we will respond generally pretty quickly. Uh, you can share your concerns, questions, challenges, um, things we might be able to pray um, for you and with you about. Um, that is a place to do that. Today we're going to talk about a marked people who cry and groan. And I'm going to start out with just a little bit of a, a recent event here in our house, and then we'll get into the text. We're going to read uh, a good amount of scripture here to start things off. But firsthand, um, several days ago, I was attempting to buy a, a used drone for my son. And, and without getting into all the details... This was a, a marketplace listing, and it was pretty much out of the gate, one of these almost too good to be true events. And I knew that going in, but because of the way it transpired, it was, it was this might be legit. Um, the circumstance was very unique, pretty creative. And so we're going through this, proce this process of looking into buying this drone for my son. He's, of course, you know, he's 12 years old now, and he was excited even the possibility he looked at videos of you know how it works and how it flies and its capabilities and all these different things he was very excited and i told him you know like look we haven't got this thing yet you need to be careful about your heart and you know getting all worked up with your emotions towards getting something you want because you may not get it let's just we're doing what we can to find out information long story short it ends up being a scam it is a uh, an idea of someone to scam someone, in this case, my own son, out of money he's weed-eated yards for all summer. Um, <laughs> and so, anyway, I call this guy. He's nervous. My son even recognized that. He said, he just sounded really nervous, Dad. I'm like, yeah, because, son, he's a liar. <laughs> um, it's a scam to, to, to take your money. And so, after dealing with my, my son's downward... Um, emotion drop of disappointment, which makes sense. Um, I said, son, you're just not getting the drone. And so I explained it to him. I said, you would have sent this man all of this money. We would have sent it to him. And you never would have gotten the drone in the mail. It, it was not real. It, this is a, a scam to trick you. It's deception. And so here, I'm using this as an intro into what we're going to talk about today. He said, as an as innocent little young boy, you know, an older boy now, of course, 12, but still, he just said, Dad, why would somebody do that? Why would someone lie like that to take advantage of someone else? Like, why would they take time to pretend to be someone they're not just for their own gain, from... For their own personal advantage. Why would somebody do that? In this case, towards money. So I explained to him. I said, son, we're, we're all broken. Humanity is vile. Um, and we, humanity, lie, cheat, and steal to get what they want and deceive people along the way at any cost. Which leads me to what we're going to talk about today. And I will note from the very beginning, now, now this that we're going to move into here, we're going to talk about the body of Messiah. Those who claim to be in Yeshua, in Jesus, God's set-apart people, 
Yahweh's consecrated ones. And so we're going we're gonna to look at several Newer Testament texts, and then we're going to go jump back into Ezekiel for a little bit. And we're going to talk about a specific people who are marked in Ezekiel, and they do some significant things, including they cry out and they groan over what they see. Okay? And my preceding story I just shared with you will make sense, I promise. Just stay tuned. John chapter 3, verses 20 and 21 is where we will start. For everyone who does evil hates the light and does not come to the light, so that their deeds will not be exposed. But whoever practices the truth comes to the light, so that it may be known that his deeds have been accomplished in Elohim. And so, real quickly, you have two camps. You have those who do evil, who hate the light. They hate the exposing of their deeds of darkness, which we'll get to in just a second here. They don't come into the light. Now, why will they not do that? Because they'll be exposed. We're going to make, keep making references to make this point clear. Once I was on to this guy, the deal was done. The light had been exposed. Man, you're, you're, why are you doing this? Well, well he, he's out, right? So whoever practices the truth, however, comes to the light. Why? There's no shame in my deeds. There's no darkness in my deeds in the, in the sense that I am trying to walk clear between me and Elohim. Between Yahweh and I, we're, we're clear. And this goes back to the biblical understanding of being perfect. We're not perfect in the sense of flawless. We are in right standing with Yahweh because we're choosing to what? To look to Yeshua as our one true example, and we walk in the light as He is in the light, in His example, and therefore, let the light come. <laughs> let the truth be known, because I want to stay in this place of, of light and not being hidden in secret. Ephesians chapter 5, 6-14, through 14, Let no one deceive you with empty words. For because of such things, Elohim's judgment comes on the children of disobedience. Therefore, do not be partners with them. Do not be partners with the children of disobedience who deceive others with empty words. For once you were in darkness, but now in union with the Lord you are light. Okay, you were darkness, you are light. Walk as children of light. For the fruit of light is in all goodness and righteousness and truth trying to learn what is pleasing to Yahweh. Verse 11, take no part in, okay, we already saw don't be partners with, and now take no part in the fruitless deeds of darkness, but rather, depending on version, expose them, okay? So don't take part in, don't be partners with those who are doing fruitless deeds of darkness, but instead expose them, for it is disgraceful even to mention the things that are done by them in secret. Okay, here we are again. Darkness, secret, deeds of darkness. Yet everything exposed by the light is being made visible, for everything made visible is light. This word that we see that I just read, but rather expose them, okay, these fruitless deeds of darkness, a proper understanding of this in the Greek writing would be reprove, rebuke, chasten, inform of, or convict. Now, these last two stand out to me 
because what anyone who truly has a humble heart of, of exposing the darkness, not going through with a blazing sword and slicing and dicing everyone, because that's just your that's just my function. But I mean in humility for the good of the body, for the good of Yahweh's great name, for the Most High's name now. <laughs> Submitting. Like, I see deeds of darkness here. I see people who are partnering with, partnering with deeds of darkness, and, and no one seems to know what's going on in secret in the hidden places of the body of Messiah. So these last two, inform of or convict, really speak to the fact of what deception is at the most simple understanding. Deception keeps the one who's deceived in ignorance, in the dark, <laughs> literally, in darkness where you don't even know the deception is, is, is present in your life. You are so deceived at times, you don't know fact from fiction. You don't even know what is real, what is true, and what is the perpetuated fruitless deeds of darkness. Sometimes people literally need informed of and convicted, or at least given the, the potential possibility for conviction to come, for what? The light to reveal the darkness. Okay? Romans chapter 13, 11, and 12. Besides this, you know the time that it is already the hour for you to awaken from sleep, for now our salvation is nearer than when we first came to trust. The night is almost gone and the day is near, so let us put off the works of darkness. I believe it's a continuing, a continuation, a continual putting off, putting off works of darkness as they're exposed in the light. And you trade these, you make a trade, you take off the works of darkness and you put on the armor of light. In Luke chapter 11, Yeshua is speaking, he says something I find quite intriguing. Um, and it's something that I would say in my own life, I see many people just really ignorant to, towards. Um, it seems to get overlooked in many times. I will use, I'll use an example for me and what I see and have seen for many years. I, I have done videos on it. I've done audio podcasts on it. 15 years ago, I wrote blog pieces about it. Christian evangelical patriotism is a perfect example of this. We, we, they, would look at a scenario, a situation, and call it out. Call it for what it is. Identify the evil, 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 and somehow the, the other side that, of course, I would be within, is always the right people, the holy people, God's people. But them and them and them and them and them... Oh, that's darkness. We got to call it out. Right now, it's a child trafficking issue. Everybody is so over here, over here, over here. We got to rescue God's children. And they're so distracted and so deceived at this. What about over here? What about right here? That's my proposal for consideration. Many people don't agree with me on that. I understand. These are hard issues. Abortion. I've talked about that before. The, the heart issue that tugs at the strings of the heart for the abortion issue is to keep us over here and calling out bad guys when we don't even see the own evil in our own heart. And in this case, what we're speaking to in the house of Yahweh, in, in Father's house, okay? 
And so what did Yeshua say, Luke chapter 11? Watch out that the light in you is not darkness. Now, this is kind of complex. This is almost a riddle. But be careful that what you think is light isn't in fact darkness. We have to do that scrutiny, friends. We have to step back and turn off all of the things that are trying to get our attention and distract us and, and keep us over here towards any matter, whether national or international or local and in our own homes and hearts. When these things come, we have to be a discerning people who sit back and say, okay, Father, what's the real heart of the matter here? What is the real issue at hand? Which leads us to this. This proposal uh, of deeds of darkness, um, don't be partners with the children's of, children of disobedience, this is bigger than mere men. We, we know this, but we still need reminded, I would say. Ephesians 6.12, we, excuse me, for our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against rulers, powers, authorities, worldly forces of what? Of this darkness and against the spiritual forces of wickedness in heavenly places, okay? Without getting into all this and how the spiritual uses the natural to advance agendas, purposes, and all that stuff, because people can get distracted by that kind of language, we have to understand that the enemy is using people, even Elohim's people, Yahweh's set-apart people in many ways, to orchestrate events, happenings, um, and systems to advance his fallen, darkness-fueled kingdom, okay? And so we have to be careful, like Yeshua said, make sure that our light is not, in fact, darkness. I would, I would suggest you read Ezekiel's chapters 6, 8, 9, 14, and 21 at the very least to get a good pulse on a biblical pattern. I'm not saying we can just take a prophecy from the Word and just paint it all over a present moment circumstance. I don't like doing that. I don't think that's always fair. I think a lot of times it doesn't apply to a certain situation, but there are things that I believe we can extract from the Word, especially the prophets, to apply to a, a, a cyclical pattern um, like what we're about to venture into talking here about Yahweh's justice and His, his judgment. Okay, These chapters in Ezekiel and others are teeming with pronouncements of judgment that comes to Yahweh's house first, okay? And so let's start moving over to, into this as we talk about a marked people who cry and groan. Judgment is coming, friends. You do know that, right? Um, we, cannot cry, we cannot cry out for Yahweh's justice, His judgment to come, but come here and come here and come over there, okay? Um, let your let your justice fall on those people. We have to really be careful how we how we pray, how we communicate with the Father to to um, have Him pour out His justice. Now we can read the Psalms, but friends, we've got to make sure we know which camp we're in ourselves. We've got to make sure we know which side we fall to. Are we are we convinced surely, according to the Word, now and not our our wishful thinking? That we are, in fact, in a right-standing place with the Most High. Are we truly His set-apart people? 
We we have to solidify that and continually cry out, what? Search me, know me, try me. Is there any wicked way in here? Because I know there is. It's just a matter of you've got to bring light to these places in me that need to be changed. Okay? First Peter chapter 4, 17 through 19. For the time has come for judgment to begin with the house of Elohim. If judgment begins with us first, what will be the end for those who disobey the good news of Elohim? Now, if it is hard for the righteous to be saved, what shall become of the ungodly and the sinner? Now, here we are again. Camps of people. If you don't believe, friends, there is a division between people and people, okay, then you're going to have a real hard time with what's coming here to the earth and what already now is and has been and what will be. I mean, what do you do with Passover? What do you do with all these other instances um, we can just talk about endlessly, about biblical examples of a separation? Look, and we talked about this in the recent series that we just did here maybe a month ago. I don't even know if it was that long. When we talked about what? We talked about how um, people who shamer keep Yahweh's commandments are shamer, shamered, we'll make up our own English word of the Hebrew, they are kept by Yahweh's ways, okay? So when we keep his commands, he, Yahweh, keeps us. That was a premise I hope I established a few weeks ago here on the program. Same thing. We must realize that there are choices to make that define whether or not we are in the kingdom, whether or not we are venturing into becoming or already are established in being the capital P people of Yahweh Elohim. He wants a people. And so there are some real hard examinations that have to come for us to know for sure, for certain, ongoing, I would present, for us to know um, where we are in regards to this division of um, judgment that is has come, yes, and, and is coming in greater measure, I believe, very, very quickly. So we have to take this text. If it, if it is hard for the righteous to be saved, I mean, do we, do we agree with the word? Okay, so it's hard for even the righteous to be saved, rescued, delivered. So what shall become of the ungodly and the sinner? So then, those who suffer according to Elohim's will, let them trust their souls to a faithful creator while continuing to, to uh, do good. We start out, for the time has come for judgment to begin with the house of Elohim. Nahum chapter 1, a very strange text, we could say. You don't hear a lot about it, but this is a, a prophetic word um, against Nineveh. Um, most of us are probably familiar with it, at least generally. Um, and I understand this is specific to Nineveh. I understand that. But is this also speaking to a pattern that we see throughout the word and how Yahweh deals with his people? Let's just consider. Um, it says this, The earth has heaved up at his presence. Yes, the world and everything dwelling in it. Before his indignation, who can stand? Who can, who can withstand his burning anger? His wrath is poured out like fire, and cliffs break down before him. Yahweh is good as a refuge in the day of distress, and he knows those who take refuge in him. But with an overwhelming flood, he will make that place a total ruin, and darkness will pursue his enemies. Here we are again. Darkness will pursue enemies, but those who choose to make him, Yahweh, their refuge in their day of distress, they will find it. 
they will find that safe place to dwell. Ezekiel chapter 9, verses 4 and 5. This is the meat of the message, if we can get to one here. Yahweh says to this man clothed in linen. Ezekiel sees several individuals, and one is kind of brought out into the limelight, if you will. He's clothed in, in linen, and he has an inkhorn. He ascribes tablet. Um, and Yahweh says to this man clothed in linen um, the following. Go throughout the city through the midst of Jerusalem. Make a mark on the foreheads of the people who sigh and moan over all of the abominations that are committed in it. Do not touch any person on whom is the mark, and you shall start from my sanctuary. A couple points as we keep moving through this. We're in the midst of Jerusalem, okay? Yahweh is speaking to this um, linen-clothed man, and he tells him to go and mark the ones who, who sigh, which is groan or mourn, and moan, which is cry out and lament, over what? Over all of the disgusting practices that are committed within the midst of Jerusalem, okay? And it goes on to say what? He, Yahweh tells this, this clothed uh, in linen man, do not touch any person who has this mark. Um, and the mark again on their foreheads are the ones who, who what? Cry out and groan to our title's point. But the most interesting part is the last phrase I just read. He tells him to go out and to execute justice and judgment. And what's the beginning? Start from my sanctuary. And this is a very, very hard, sobering text. Ezekiel 9 goes on to say, the man clothed in linen comes back to Ezekiel. Ezekiel watches him go out, and it's, it's very vivid and very violent. So much so that Ezekiel looks around and he says, you know what? I'm the only one left. This should be very sobering for any one of us who really care about Yahweh's opinion of us and not man's. Okay, some conclusion and commentary as we wrap this up. Because remember, we started with the world. We started with the worldly system, a deceitful man trying to gain advantage from my son's money to trick him, to lie to him for his own good, for his own benefit, for his own advantage. Okay, now, so, so here I am. Well, that's the world. That's the world. But what about Yahweh's people? What about us? What about the criteria of justice and judgment upon Yahweh's people? Are we just merely covered with God's grace? Are we, well, you know, in Jesus, it just doesn't matter anymore. Because here's the thing, and I need to be brief as I can. I have a lot of thoughts towards this. The, 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 the warning of the hour... I don't care if you're in a, a messianic, Torah-observant fellowship, group, house, church, whatever, or if you are all the way over here in just general, mainline, evangelical Christianity, signs and wonders and Holy Spirit moves. No matter where you are in these, these extremes, one thing that is so prevalent right now in this hour that I hear all, firsthand all around me is, look, don't you bring division. Don't you bring division? Well, how does division come in this presentation of this warning that people give out 
like free water on the side of the road. <laughs> if you're disagreeing, if you're confronting, if you're challenging, if you are just doing good biblical counsel towards like, brother, I see this in your life, or I see this in this fellowship, I see this in the leadership or in what we would call the laity. I see it in our gatherings. These things really concern me. Hey, hey, don't you bring division in here. Don't, don't squash the move of the Spirit, depending on what camp you're in. Don't be, if you're in the Messianic Torah, observe, don't be a Korah. Don't be a Korah. <laughs> don't bring division in this house. And what are we doing? We're taking what we talked about the other day um, when I was sitting out in my yard or in my truck, one, and I was discussing certain roles and functions of like the, the watchman and how unwelcome that function is many times. That is right here beside this. Because what I'm saying in this presentation today is who's going to stand up and say, you know what, enough. Enough of all this nonsense of control over how we do this and how we do that under the guise of shepherding and, and heavy-handed leadership and just... Let's just call it control manipulation is all it is. We've got this, and, I, and you know, little Tim back there in the back row, I have a concern. Uh-uh, uh-uh, no division here. We're not walking in division now. Um, so let me ask a question. Who is willing to risk being called a rebellious one who brings division? The darkness, I would say, masquerading as light right now, is wanting to keep people quiet and secretive. And again, just to be clear, because so many people go right here, I'm not talking about the child trafficking issue and celebrities. I'm not talking about all that. Again, that's that's to keep everybody over here, over here, over. Look at this, look at this, and man, everybody just. Whoosh. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about how in the body of Messiah now, uh, and and I'm saying this is right along what Ezekiel was seeing, which is there's judgment that's got to start in the sanctuary of Elohim, and it's got to go forth. It almost always comes as a warning that you're wanting to bring division. In other words, a correction, a challenge, a confrontation, even if submitted in absolute humility and biblical correctness, according to this, mm -mm, no, no, you you don't you don't understand, you you just don't understand. In other words, and we most of us have heard this our whole life. You 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 just don't understand. Just stay down there. Just stay down there. We've got this. We've got this. You wouldn't un you wouldn't understand what we have to deal with. Okay, I have heard that. Again, to remind you, if you don't know our past here on the program, I used to be uh, on staff at like just old school Baptist church. I know how this works. I've been in staff meetings. I've met with rebellious church members. I've met with with grouchy organ players who who I was mistreating their daughter because I would I would get on to her during the meetings, and I I know how I got in trouble. I know how it works. I know how the system works. Many of us do. Control the people. We have to control this environment because once it gets out here, it's out of, it's out of my say of what has to go. 
and I am promoting and presenting a consideration that it seems like the, the marked people who are crying out and groaning and mourning over what they see amongst Yahweh's people, I'm not seeing a lot of that. I'm seeing a whole lot of this. Uh-uh-uh. No, 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 no. Don't look at this. We're not going to talk about this. No, no, no. Don't. Well, what about? No, 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 no. Business as usual. Cruise control. Damage control, really, many times. We've got to keep this ship moving. Keep the bus moving. Well, what about over here? We got major casualties right outside the door. Floor it. Floor it. We're, God's given us a vision. Keep moving. And it's being very, very, very detrimental to the body of Elohim. And here's the thing, right? I've got a couple more minutes of stuff to say. This is really, really, really tainting the name of the Most High. Isn't this supposed to all be about His namesake? Isn't this supposed to really be about glorifying Yahweh amongst people? Friends, his name's getting tarnished here, there, and everywhere right now because of this secretive hide everything in where we started. Darkness, darkness, darkness. No, no, no. Don't look in here. Don't look in here. It's ugly. It's nasty. It's riddled with sin and control, manipulation, and you don't need to see it. Look away. Look away. Look away. Look at this. Look at this. Look at this. Friends, we need to sit down and we need to lift the veil back and shine a giant spotlight on some of these things, which is why I'm saying, are we willing to stand up and say enough? Why? For, for Yahweh's great name. For his great name. Not for us. Not for us to look better in the community. No, it's going to make us look awful, friend. It's going to make us look awful to rip the band-aid off of some of these things. It's embarrassing. It's a tarnish for Yahweh's name. But if it's true, if it's truly who we are, we got to put it out in the light so that Yahweh can redeem it and set people free. We've got to fear Yahweh way more than we fear men, friends. The way I see it, here's, here's one way to look at this. People had better welcome the prophet's warning. And I don't mean me. I'm just being clear because people get things all misconstrued. I'm not saying that. Listen to what I'm saying. People need to listen to the prophetic words and warnings of the prophets that went before us thousands of years ago. Why? Because Messiah is coming to bring division in full strength, friend. People don't want to talk about that. Oh, it doesn't matter. Can't we just pray together? Can't we just sing together? Can't we just open the Bible and talk about how great Jesus is together? No, no, because we're oftentimes presenting a whole different gospel. We're presenting a whole different presentation of who Yahweh's people are. Well, that's just division. No, I'm just, I'm just saying I believe this is saying this it's black, and you believe this is saying it's white, how can we just hug and give fist bumps and say none of it matters? I believe it matters. But in this hour, man, if you say, well, that's, that's fine, but can we sit down and talk about doctrine? Can we get our Bibles out and spend six months to talk about what the Bible truly says from cover to cover? Oh, no, I don't have time for that. Okay, well, then I can't be a part of X. Well, I'm sorry, brother. We all want unity, and you're just here to divide. No. It's hogwash. 
Sorry, I get I get emotional about these things. This is dear to my heart because I see it literally everywhere I look, everywhere. So I'll be as bold as I know how about this call that I feel to become a people who are marked, who cry out and groan over what we see. If you're not one who sighs and moans over the abominations, even within the sanctuary of Yahweh's people now, or if people that you are around are not willing to stop religious forms and call out sin in the camp when there's sin in the camp and take responsibility as grown, mature men, consider getting out. Consider getting out because, friend, don't be found 5, 10, 15, 20 years in of, man, regret. Why didn't I say anything? Why didn't I do anything? I'm not even talking about, like, standing before the Almighty and giving an account, which we will all have to do. This should terrify us now to shake off the dust of deception and control and say, you know what? This isn't okay. There are abominations in Yahweh's house, and I'm not talking about eating pork now. You know, Torah observant people, oh, my son has never eaten pork. He's 12 years old, and he's never eaten pork. That's great, but he acts like a little heathen, and he doesn't honor you, and he talks like this, and he beats people up. Does that matter? The abominations, friend, are bigger than whether or not our children eat a ham sandwich. This is about the hearts of men. Am I saying that the hearts of men don't affect what we eat and don't? We talk about that on the program. I'm not making that line to say that doesn't matter. But so many times I hear people brag about, we've never done Christmas for the last 10 years. Yeah, well, I haven't done it for longer than that, but big deal. There's still darkness in here. That's old news. Yes and amen. Thank you, Father, that you opened my eyes. But man, there's still darkness in here that I hate, that I've got to get out. A progression, okay? Judgment is coming to the house of Yahweh first. Peter knew this. We just read that a few moments ago. Peter understood. He probably, you think he had ever read Ezekiel's prophecies? Pretty sure he had a few times. He knew. Ezekiel saw it. Peter reminded us of that. And for those who memorialize, like myself and my household, Yahweh's appointed times, his feast, his Moedim, what time is it? Right now it's August 29, 2023. In just a few weeks, we're going to be doing atonement. Okay? It's almost time for Yom Teruah to shout, sound the shofar and, and release a shout. And then what? Day of atonement which is what we've talked about here on the program before. It is a time to afflict ourselves. We deny ourselves. We examine deep, deep, deep things within us. We cry out, help me, Father, clean me, cleanse me, atone for me, which is a whole other issue. Cover me until the fullness of time comes. Keep me covered and preserved. This is the perfect time, friend, to step into the light right now for any of those who are willing. So full circle, we started with an example of darkness with people that tried to trick us out of money, just trying to get us in the mindset of deception for personal advantage and gain. Now, the world is the world. The world is out here. I believe there are camps that are specified. Yahweh, I believe he has a totally different vantage point for people who are not his children versus those who are. So what about us, those who declare that we are the body of Messiah and that we represent Yahweh's name? I have to wonder if the cries of so many believers for judgment to come 
is ushering in the necessary judgment, but the problem is it's going to fall on people that they don't expect because it's probably going to fall on our own house. It's going to fall on us, friend. So as as I see people and congregations and movements and, oh, justice, Yahweh, justice, God, bring your righteous judgments. Come, get the bad guy and get that bad guy. But friend, what if we're the bad guy? What if Ezekiel's prophecy, what if what we read in Nahum, what if these things are also applicable to us here and now where Yahweh is going to bring justice, he's going to bring judgment, and guess what? It starts in his house. It starts in his sanctuary, and it goes out from there first. I believe that many will sadly fall away because this is going to look much different than what they hoped. Everybody's fine with judgment coming to this bad guy and that bad guy that we're told are evil. But what about us? What about our own house? Two last thoughts, um, and then we'll, we'll call this and quit. Uh, quits as we talk about and marked people who cry out and groan. Ignoring and covering up sin in Yahweh's house is not unity. I'm going to repeat that. Ignoring and covering up sin in Yahweh's house is not unity. Calling it out into the light is not equal to slander. Calling out leadership, brothers in the faith, calling men to higher standards in transparency and openness and honesty, that's not slander, friend. It's not. Silence towards secret sin in Yahweh's house is not loyalty. That's a heavy hand of manipulation right there that people just really, in fear to man, fear of men, they, they, they take that and they put that, that burden on themselves from another. But I would like to say that silence towards secret sin that's within Yahweh's house is not loyalty. It's not. Or we could say it is loyalty to men, not to Yahweh and to his greater body at large. While the majority want to carry on business as usual in this hour, some people are moaning. Some are grieving over the abominations within Yahweh's people. And I would suggest, my consideration there for the few of us that will actually see this program, it's time for those who always want to pretend that everything's just awesome, it's time to start listening to the other people in the body of Messiah who are throwing up signs at every exit on the interstate saying, you got to pull over, man. You got to pull over. Your, your, your bus is on fire. The wheels are coming off. People are falling out the back. And you're saying, brother, we got to move. We got to move. I'm saying, put the brakes on. In humility, take the exit. Park, sit still, and listen to the counsel of other individuals within the body of Messiah who are saying, you know what? A marked people cry out and they groan. They weep and they lament over the condition of Yahweh's house. It's a pattern throughout the word, friends. It's a pattern throughout the word. Repentance after a revelation of sin and depravity in the house of Elohim. Please consider that, won't you? This is a very heavy subject. It could have been 10 times longer than this. But you're watching the Path to Zion podcast. This is 
This is just us trying to rediscover the ancient way, friend. There's so much work we've got to do. There's so much work and ground we've got to till here. All we can do is be committed ourselves, present something to anyone else for their consideration, and it's in Yahweh's hands what we do and what we don't. So may we all choose well. Thank you so much for watching. Amen.